1: Welcome to the family with
2: Doug Sprinthal,
1: Andy Brad Bernard, and Mike Gelfand. See, I got him in there. Good morning. Very good morning, everybody. Good morning. We'll be right back. Kick things off with the family. Oh, Andy's still playing the music. There we go. There it is. My fault. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com.
2: We were just talking about this. If you are in a lease with a year or less to go, there's a good chance, it's not a dead certainty, but there's a good chance that you have equity. In fact, uh, Andy's uh, mother-in-law reached out to me about the very same thing, did a little research, and we can do most of this stuff over the phone. At some point, we do have to do a physical inspection, but usually on leases, cars are in pretty good shape anyway. Uh, so if you're interested in seeing if you have equity and you're interested in getting out of a lease early and getting into something else, or you just you know have an extra car that you don't need, please reach out to me at Doug at Walzer.com, and I will help get the ball rolling.
1: And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. <laughs>
3: yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
0: So long, oh, so
1: we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Gelfan joining us. Charlie Barron's just a couple of minutes from now. The Midwest Survival Guide: How We Talk, Love, Work, Drink, and Eat Everything with Ranch to find out what the hell that's all about. So, Dougie, what's that face?
2: I got a fun story to I share I knew it, with you. It's I just, could tell by looking at him, you know. So I all had right, it. I'm ready. Sarah and I like to have dinner parties, and we had one last Saturday, and we had four different couples there that were all friends of ours, the guys were all musicians, but nobody had ever met each other. Oh, okay. And Peter Bourne and his wife, was, his wife's fabulous. I'd really never met her before. Mm-hmm. She so just he showed up, um, a buddy of mine from high school. Uh, Actually, Sarah's boyfriend from high school and my old stepbrother, who's been on the show, started Soul Asylum. But I didn't tell anybody who he was and what band he was in. So it was kind of funny. All of a sudden, the conversation started rolling. I think Peter Bourne's jaw was about to hit the floor when Dan said, yeah, it was kind of cool opening for Dylan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine open for Dylan's pretty cool. I, I would have to agree. So, in the
2: name d- dropping contest, Peter Bourne came in a distant second. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I would imagine so. But we had a
2: really good time. It's fun. It's really we enjoy doing that, and we'll have you and Catherine over
1: and put one together sometime. Oh, don't worry about our feelings. I'm uh, sure I it was lost do, in the mail because you know. I know
2: that they're always black and blue. And my feelings, yes,
1: can't be helped. them in radio.
2: You're so sensitive.
1: That's all I have to say. I'm in radio. And you get the piss beat out of you mentally on a daily basis. It all works out in the end. You should try
2: selling cars. Oh, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I suppose you're probably. No, I'd be I'd be that guy from used cars. Get in a goddamn yeah. car. Shut up. Get in a car. Shut up and get in a car. We have our guest on the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Charlie Behrens. How are you doing, Charlie? Charlie. Hello, who is yeah. it? Well, there you are. How you doing, Charlie?
4: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
1: Everything's going swimmingly well, as a matter of fact. The Midwest Survival Guide, how we talk, love, work, drink, and eat, everything with ranch. As one of 12 children growing up in Mo- Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Charlie's distinctive Wisconsin accent and church-worthy duck camo <coughs> is only the start of the hilarious flair he'd bring to an interview. We're going to find out right now, Charlie, because... You know, first of all, we got to get past that whole Packer Viking thing, and then we can move on, Charlie.
4: Yeah, is this an issue we're going to have to uh, really hash out here, or are <laughs> you already over it, or how do you want to go
1: about no. this?
4: First of all, I'm sorry uh, for historically for your losses, uh, and now I'll wait for you to apologize for uh, beating us uh, a couple, two, three weeks ago. Okay,
1: well, I, when I didn't want to beat you because I wanted a higher draft pick because we're not going to make the playoffs anyway, yeah, let's beat let's beat Green Bay in a year we don't need to beat Green Bay.
2: A blind pig finds a chestnut yeah. every once in a while. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, Charlie, got to be honest with you. I've always admired the uh, Green Bay Packers. They're one hell of an organization. And you know, look, I, I since I'm 15, I've been a Viking fan, but I've always. Uh, I never had that problem with the Bears, the the Packers, the Lions. Well, I don't know anything about the Lions anyway. They've been horrible forever, but yeah, I, it, it's been a good time. Plus, the fact, I mean, Minneapolis Saint Paul is basically just a suburb of Wisconsin, anyway.
4: You know, that's how I've always thought of it. I'm glad you brought that up too. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that that uh, you know, just it's a hop, skip over the deal, and an easy commute from Eau Claire, Hudson you know, Menominee. So, yeah, I, that's kind that's of how
1: I, uh, I'm surprised you said it that way, but I'm, I'm happy you did. No, I, I, that's always the way I've looked at it. I should tell you up front, Charlie, that, that it's going to be interesting talking to you because I was born in Long Prairie, Minnesota. As a matter of fact, I got a little, little piece of, uh, uh, it's not really news, it's a fact, though, that I found. I, I just found out a few years ago about this. That Tom Brady's mother and my mother were born in the same town in Minnesota, a town that only had 200 people in it. So that that's pretty amazing when Brady's mother and my mother were born in the same town in a town of 200 people, and one of us became uh, famous.
2: But Tom's mom can roll to her left.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. My mother can roll out to the left. That's exactly right. But I mean, Charlie, what you're talking about, the Midwest Survival Guide. I grew up in the inner city in Minneapolis, and most Minnesotans think I'm from New York, which I don't know why. Do you, that's do you, just because you're hostile, Tom. Well, the Mike's got could a good. Be. I am a hostile person. That's
0: true. Mm-hmm. Now, so, me, of course, they always accuse me of being from New York, but that's just because you know I'm a Jew, right? It's because you're a Jew, a northeasterner. Right. <laughs> <now. laughs> you're a northeasterner. <laughs> there's a broad part of the population that believes that anyone who's Jewish was born in New York.
1: <laughs> that's pretty much true, isn't it? <laughs> you weren't? You weren't? What the hell, uh, Charlie? One other thing before we move on, because so, I want to talk a you lot got about that doing. big city. Well, go ahead, sir. Whoops, you didn't go What's ahead. That? No, I said go ahead, sir. I, I can jump in later. That's not a problem. I don't have any problem with that at all.
4: Oh no, sir. You know, I I think I got a a, a bad connection because I uh, I didn't hear it until I started talking. Then I realized you were halfway through a sentence. So you must have you must have gone blank. So I'll apologize about four different times during the course of this interview for interrupting you. And in traditional Midwest style. Uh, But now, after all that, I forgot what in the heck I was going to say. So, you know, you might as well just continue on what you were saying, and once again, I'll apologize one last
1: time. for Well, the problem, Charlie, is I just had COVID until about two weeks ago, so I have COVID brain, which means if I don't say it right now, I forget what I was going to (laughs) say. So, I I never knew that was going to happen, Charlie. I did get COVID and I got rather ill, but even when you recover, you get COVID brain. You can't remember anything. It's really weird. I've heard about it.
4: Yeah, I've heard that. I don't think I've had it, uh, uh, COVID, although you, you never exactly know until you get one of those antibody uh, tests true. or whatever. Right, right. Uh right, but, uh, but I do feel like I've had, uh, you know, a cloudy brain. I'm not sure if that's from a potential COVID exposure or just from... Uh, you know, a dedication to brandy, but uh, well. one of the two. Uh, but I get what you're saying. I, I felt a little bit uh, cloudy in the, in the head myself. Uh, but that's that that uh, that's been going on for a while. So we're on the same wavelength with your COVID brain and just my normal brain.
1: Now, Charlie, one more thing, and then I'm going to shut up, but I've always liked this. I used to fly into uh, Milwaukee from Minneapolis once in a while to do voiceovers for Miller Beer. Uh Miller Select uh-huh. and all these other ones. So I spent a lot of time in Milwaukee, which, by the way, I really like the town of Milwaukee. And at the time, and I don't know if it's still around, uh, but they have a building, two buildings kind of real close together. It might even be next door to one another, but I know they're in the same area. <clears throat> they have the Milwaukee Arts Center, and then they have Arts Performing Center. <laughs> Guess what Arts Performing Center is? Uh-huh. Charlie, you know, don't yeah,
4: you? Yeah.
2: What is it, Charlie?
4: Uh, I, I've heard, I've heard, I've read in the classifieds about that. Yeah, Arts Performing Center. Uh, that's for those who don't know. That's an exotic uh, mm-hmm. uh, dancer's stall <laughs> there, and so uh, with with northern exposure. And uh, I did. A, I'll be honest with you. I did a little stint there uh, back in the uh, back in the mid 90s I think that's what you call the 2000s. Uh, mm-hmm. My stripper name was actually Ratchet Strap, you know, and uh, they, you know, they.
5: Very attractive. Me.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They, they slap me a little and say, that's not going anywhere. So, you know, uh, we all something and
0: uh,
4: <laughs> I like that it. That really Charlie. got me through journalism school right there. But I tell you,
1: you the Performing Arts Center and Arts Performing Center right next to one another. I absolutely, Charlie, that's not, now that's a great sense. The Wisconsin humor is what that is right there.
4: Oh, thank you. Well, I was being dead serious, but I appreciate that. Hey, by the way, you were doing voiceover for Miller. Uh, w- maybe I I recognize the ad. Do you still remember what it was?
1: Oh yeah, it was Miller Select. It was a brand they had out for quite some time. I've done so many. I've done oh God. I've done Pabst Blue Ribbon and Old Style, and I mean, I've done every. I've pretty much promoted every beer ever sold. So it's been a little time. It was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I from yeah. Until from uh, cool. from 1970. I uh, us say 1980 till about, nine, uh, till about 2010, uh, I flew all over the country to do voiceover. Because back then you had to fly out because there wasn't a lot of digital and all that. But toward the end it, was, it worked out. But it was a great way to make a living. But it, it got, what it did for me, Charlie, is it allowed me to go to places like Milwaukee and spend some time. And I ended up becoming a big fan of Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee.
4: Now, did you get
1: over to Arts Performing Center or the Performing <laughs> I, Arts Center? I, I did not get to either the Performing Arts Center or Arts Performing Center. I never got to either one of them, damn it.
2: Then miss the shoe show for the girls <laughs> yeah. only wear shoes.
1: <laughs> yeah, what the hell? So, what, Charlie, what made you write the book, The Midwest Survival Guide? What, what's what's it all about?
4: Well, so, i I started doing the man Walk Minute. Um, I was the news guy before that. Then I started you know, doubling down on everything that people said I was doing wrong in news and started this Man's Walk Minute, which was uh, n- Midwest News, basically. And over time, I had a bunch of fans of that show say, hey, I'm coming to the Midwest for college. Or, uh, you know, I got grandkids in the Midwest and we're visiting for the winter. We don't know what to do. Or... I just hit my first uh, deer. Uh, Am I supposed to leave it on the side of the road? And people would send these messages, and I would send responses to them. And then over time, I started saving some of these responses because I thought they were funny. And as time went on, I was like, well, this could could be a book because a lot of people don't know how to survive the Midwest. And even if you're from the Midwest, you know, there's. tying a fishing knot that not everyone knows some people know minneapolis well right or wisconsin well or the up but they don't know uh cincinnati and if you go to cincinnati and you don't know cincinnati someone's gonna offer you a three-way and you're gonna take it the wrong way and you know you're gonna end up uh ruining a marriage you know you know you gotta you gotta really uh know that that's chilly and not uh fornication so uh these are the things that you know, we just compiled them into a book and uh and wrapped it up and it's uh it took a while, but I think it's a fun uh thing. And it's nice and thick, so it can go on the coffee table or it can prop up the coffee table however you want to do it and no judgment.
1: I love that, the fact that you you talked about the dish one time. I was in a deli. It was in the Midwest, actually, and there was a very large African-American man in there, and he's looking at the menu, and he's sitting like five feet from me looking at the menu. goes, man, what the hell is this? And his buddy goes, what are you talking about? He goes, man, I ain't ain't eating anything named a Kentucky hot brown. (laughs) I will never forget that as long as I live. You wasn't going to eat the Kentucky hot brown, baby. Which I understand completely. Yeah,
4: you know, yeah, I, you know that, that is one I would pass on, too. Just, <laughs> yeah. And if you
0: don't know, then you don't know, you know? And, and the funny thing about the three-way thing is it still, it still could mean anything when you realize it's smothered, covered, or chunked. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? <laughs> I love that. I absolutely. They're, 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 they're,
4: I've been I to Cincinnati. I that <laughs> kind of specific, but that that's good. It is. I got to do an augmented section of that where I dive a little
1: deeper. Uh, no, oh, I love this! By the way, I've included some segment ideas. Not to mention, the book would make an excellent holiday gift recommendation. <laughs> I love that, Charlie. Everyone knows the Southern hospitality and coastal <laughs> yeah. elitism stereotypes. The Midwest Survival Guide is a form of southern hospitality, coast elitism. We're just talking about the Midwest. Given the flyover states, they're due. So how do we become the perfect Midwesterner, Charlie? Is is there a such thing as a perfect Midwesterner?
4: Well, let me just say perfection comes in all shapes and sizes and imperfections in the Midwest.
1: True. And
4: it all starts, I think, with the whole Midwest night thing, you know, kind of a... Be nice first, ask questions later, kind of deal. But uh, if you're just moving here, you know you might not see the perfect Midwesterner as perfect Midwesterner. You may see them as a trespasser because they're on your roof and uh, they're opening up your second floor window. To, uh, but you might think they're breaking in or something. But really, they're just cleaning the gutters and they happen to have a nice zucchini in their garden and they're offering that to you. But so oh. you don't know that. So. Uh, coming in here, you know, you could you could end up uh, calling the police on someone who's just, you know, trying to be nice and neighborly. So, that's all it uh, is. but that's where I think that's, yeah, that's it. Just being neighborly, you know.
1: That's a wonderful idea. There's no question. All you do, Charlie, is give, give, give. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: that that's really it. And uh, but the other thing, you know, that there are a few things like you bring up this this perfect midwesterner uh you gotta perfect the midwest goodbye uh you know which that, that's pretty much a 12-step deal mm-hmm. right there and it starts with slapping your knee and saying wealth i suppose and uh <laughs> yes. and then yep you bet there and then you're gonna be offered the tour you know you gotta go out to the garage look at larry's snowblower even though it's july and we're like why are we looking at the snowblower um, you know, and if you don't know how to do a Midwest goodbye, you might just think people are, uh, never leaving your house or you can never get out of this party. So with, without those steps, you may, you should just bring a sleeping bag cause you're not leaving. So, you know, it's a lot of things like that, that, that you really got to get into. There's also a section, uh, of the book, which I think is kind of cool it's in the middle. It's the. Midwest Gallery, and we got artists from all around the Midwest. You know, I'm like one guy with one perspective, but we got artists from all around the Midwest, and they added and contributed to that. Um, And so that was cool. And we also have a recipe section. And in Minnesota, Chef Yavang, he contributed a recipe. Uh, Leroy Butler put a recipe in there. We've got uh, a bunch of stuff. But it's not, you know, I tried to make it not just my perspective. Uh, since I, we we're calling it the Midwest survival guy, I really tried to broaden it, um, too, to include a bunch of other folks with other, uh, you know, they, they, that can add different
1: elements of the Midwest culture. So, Charlie, do you have a thing, and I want to bring that, because Minnesota definitely has this thing, and I have people mention this to me all the time. My family, when we go on vacation, we tend to go to the east coast of Florida around, you know, West Palm Beach. That's where we go. Uh and whenever I bring that up to a Minnesotan, they go, what? And I go, yeah. They say, you go to Florida, but you go to the east coast of Florida? I said, yeah, why? And they said, oh, there's way too many New Yorkers over there for me.
5: Well, I mean, they're not wrong.
1: Why? Well, but still, you're that <laughs> scared off by well,
2: New Yorkers? because 95% of them are in Naples. Yeah. That's where all Minnesotans oh, go. Oh, absolutely. They all go to Naples. You're, southern you're Hennepin right. County. Yeah,
1: for some reason. It kind of yet so but they get very upset with me that I wouldn't go there that I decided to go to the East Coast but I lived in New York I lived in Chicago I lived a lot of different places like this uh, and plus I grew up in the inner city which is much more urban than most of the Midwest you
2: know and you get to hang out with your buddy the former president
1: former president mm-hmm. Louis Nanny of course is over there you got Glenn Mason's over there. All the decent people that who aren't from here originally. <laughs> that's true. Like, everybody that's over there w- with us, they're not from here. I'm the, we're the only ones that are originally from Minnesota over there. It's hilarious. I love that. But, yeah, I understand exactly yeah, what you're saying, Charlie. Yeah, you
4: know, Yeah. Well, the, we've got those snowbirds, and actually uh, that, that works out well for um, – you know, for, I mean, this book works out well for them because how do you understand these people who kind of been invaded your state a little bit? Like, I'm doing uh, a show, stand up show in Naples, and we started off doing one, and now we're doing like five of them there because basically it's just, you know, Midwest South. Oh, you know, God, yes, absolutely. Southern Point there. But also, yeah, Arizona too. And that's kind of the unique thing about the Midwest is people don't just uh, leave. And forget about it. They set up up these consulates, basically, which which is usually a bar. And uh, it'll either be a Packers bar or a Vikings bar or whatever, or uh, Badgers or Gophers, whatever it is. And then that's just where they meet every weekend to discuss uh, the finer Midwest thing. So it's kind of unique that, um, uh, you know, I don't, like, in the Midwest, I'm not seeing a bunch of, like, giant bars or anything like that, you know. But... Uh, there's probably right. not a lot of brain drain from New York to the Midwest. But, you know, it it's just nice that people have so much pride in where they're from that wherever they go they wanna, you know,
1: keep those roots. Yeah, that and see that makes total sense. I I, I, I be honest with you, I'm trying to think. I I, I I guess I've been to Houston. I'm not a big fan of Houston, Texas. It's just a little too jammed in together and too No, I don't know it's it just felt kind of weird. Most places I've been, I've I've actually liked most places I've visited in America. You know. I, mean, I Oh yeah. I, I got lucky no, once. there. To... I don't I don't th- Sorry,
4: I I no, no.
1: interrupted you. No, no, you no, no. Go ahead, Charlie. Not a problem. Oh okay. Well, no, I,
4: I I think that people do like the other places like they do like Arizona. Or they like wherever they're going. But you know, I I, so I don't think it's a dislike of those places, but it's just more of like, you know, you got to create this this of, of roots or whatever, and uh, usually it's in the form of of a bar or something, which is kind of funny that that's the way they uh, choose to uh, to bring everybody together. But you know, that's what bars are good. For.
1: No, it absolutely is true. The book is called the Midwest Survival Guide: How We Talk, Love, Work, Drink, and Eat Everything with Ranch. Charlie Behrens, it's B-E-R-E-N-S. Charlie, thanks for the uh, thanks for the call today, and stay in touch. I want to know how your book is doing. You got to come back on, okay?
4: Yeah, that would be awesome. I really appreciate you uh, having me on, and I, I'm going to send you some rhubarb. Uh, for my
1: garden, i uh, well, good you. crop this year. <laughs> thank you. So, I really appreciate it. Yeah, by the way, hold, so. you can just go to Amazon for the book, too. Just go to Amazon.com and uh, Charlie's, Charlie Barron's book, The Midwest Survival Guide, will be right there for you to pick up. Not a problem. Thanks, Charlie. All right. Hey, watch
2: out for deer. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I will do it. Uh, Charlie, Charlie seemed like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did like a longer
2: pleasant. time delay than talking to the astronauts circling the moon. It was
1: a big time delay. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't like phones.
5: Yeah, you get a, they couldn't, couldn't get them
2: big, to Skype, huh? Apparently deal.
5: not. Well, no, this was a, well, this was the Skype number. Oh, okay. Yeah, but you know, we have so many options that aren't phones,
1: and yet sometimes phone apparently is the only thing that works. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about that. About half my friends are not from here. I didn't even realize that. I get Technically, uh, mom's not even from here. No, she she was born in Wyoming, mm-hmm. was it Cheyenne, Wyoming? Yeah, she was. She was indeed, there's no question about Although it.
5: Oh, she grew up here since the age of like
1: three. So seven. She was seven. Seven? Think, well, yeah. whatever, still. <laughs> I still want to know, because Catherine, when she was a teenage girl, like 16 years old, she used to work at the Kentucky Fried Chicken on Highway 55 in Rhode Island, right there. Okay. Yep. Right, you know where that is, right yep. there. I had to have gone in there when she worked there because I would have been 24 years old. And I used to go in at KFC all the time. So I, I bet you I met her before. Do
2: you Isn't think? that weird?
1: <clears throat> I was in there all the time. Yeah. So she had to be working there when I, I, had to, when I well, went in there. Well, you're
2: probably smart at 24 not to be scoping out 16 year olds. Well, that's, that's true.
1: Not- <clears throat>
5: yeah, it's like sometimes Melissa's like, I oh, wish we had met earlier. And, but it's like, how much earlier, though? Because we're five years apart. Yeah. If we met when I was 20, you would have been 15. That's, that wouldn't not, have been that's yeah. not okay. That's jail time. Yeah, exactly. So it is interesting how, uh, you know, with the age difference, you got to like hit the sweet spot of early but not too early.
1: Yeah, true. We got to take a break. I know. and We'll be right back. Mr. Mike Gelfand, we're looking, f- we're going to lean on you for about 20 minutes. What do you think of that? Uh, you know that's what I'm here for. <laughs> we'll be right back.
0: Lean on me.
1: and we are back with stretches picks.
0: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah, and uh, I highly recommend betting. Of course, I always recommend betting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple?
0: None of the above.
1: Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. My Pillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow Towels, 100% USA Cotton. Originally $109.99 and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60 day money back guarantee head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com enter promo code KQRS MyPillow.com promo code KQRS we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, Doug was just talking, Mike, uh, about a month ago. I was invited to go to dinner with uh, Meat Sauce, and his dad was there. His dad's a great guy. Mark Rosen was there, Scott Studwell and I, and we went out and had dinner together.
2: And Herbie. Don't forget him.
1: No, Herbeck wasn't at that one. Oh, I want him to come to the next one. Uh, yeah, Herbic didn't make it to that one. He's coming to the next one. But I was just telling everybody, and I mentioned this on the, on the air to him the other day when Scott was on, talking about his new book, which you can get, by the way, everywhere. But uh, at the end of the night, you know, Scott is just, he and I have become really good friends. And I remember, he, you remember back in the day, Mr. Galvan, he hated
0: my guts back in the old days. Remember that? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he of course,
1: he wasn't in, in an explosive club in that regard. No, yeah. still wouldn't be. No, oh, no, I'm just kidding, Tom. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Mike, whatever. But I was just telling... I'm doing Rickles now in my old age. God, I love my, I love Rickles so much. But uh, so I was just telling Andy and Dougie that uh, so at the end of the night, I was talking to Scott. We're waiting for our cars to be pulled up. I said, okay, man, well, here's my car. I turned to him, and we gave each other a big hug. I hugged Mm -hmm. Scott Studwell and realized he could snap me like a twig. (laughs) Holy Christ, is he put together.
0: Welcome to my world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
1: We have
5: to be very careful not to break things as we go through this fragile earth. Yes,
1: like my arms and legs. Us uh, giant men. We giant men. So, Mr. Galvan, what are you up to?
0: Well, I'll tell you, I've been... uh... (laughs) Kind of living in a parallel universe lately. Uh oh, is that good? Um, no, well, you know it's it's not good. It's not bad, but uh, it d- does provide provide some uh, some relief. Um, you know, like you, I had a few uh, I had a few health scares in the last uh, three months or so. Oh sure. So I'm I'm cool now. I'm I'm getting much better. But um, the other night, I uh, I just uh, had a, a little bit of anxiety and. Uh, so I I, uh, I took a little a little benzo action, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'm not the the benzo the benzo category is not my favorite. Um, yeah. You know, give me, given my choice, I'd rather just take an antidepressant or maybe some Dilaudid. But the um, <laughs> benzos are okay. But the problem is, I get up the next day and uh, I, I roll over in bed. I turn on my device to, to read the. I haven't even paid attention to the news in recent days and uh, but i had uh, i had a little uh a little bit of uh maybe i should say a little more uh double vision than i usually have oh god that's not good and so i'm i'm reading the headlines and things and i'm it actually was kind of comforting uh, in in some ways like i shouldn't have laughed but i did laugh when i when i read that uh, there are uh, deadly tomatoes in kentucky i thought well this you know <laughs> I I thought this kind of like confirmed my my feeling that vegetables, and I realized the tomatoes fruit, but mm-hmm. it did confirm my feeling that vegetables can be can be kind of dangerous, you know. Sure. Then, then I flipped down the screen and uh, I read that that Trump was responsible for the resurrection. Oh, I didn't realize. Now, that. I, yeah, I, I I knew that he. Uh, I knew that he was a very devout man, of course, but uh, this this shocked me a little bit. and that kind of left me feeling ambivalent toward him, as you can well imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah I could see that.
0: But... So uh, then I start, I of got into the uh, I, I had I hadn't really read much about the uh, the tragedy of the of the fox Christmas tree.
1: Oh yeah, the guy started it on fire for some yeah, he reason. Burned it down, yeah. Oh
0: god. Which, which supposedly is proof that uh, democracy has come to an end, and that of course that revived the old, you know, the old war on Christmas thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but then I, I so I, I I saw the video of it. That's not a Christmas tree.
1: Well, it's not. I haven't seen the video. It's not a Christmas tree. It's
0: not a Christmas tree. It's some metal scaffolding. That they taped or pasted or somehow entwined some pine needles on. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the thing was it's on fire. Gambling. though. Well, yeah, the the leaves, I guess, were on fire. Yeah. Well, I think also the guy, uh, the guy, uh, probably added some uh, combustible stuff in sure. there, like newspapers and maybe you know maybe some kerosene or something. A little
1: accelerant. But, what's that? A little accelerant.
0: Yeah, accelerant's right? The, the, the whole thing. But I'm thinking about this, like, well, you know, I never thought of Fox News as being uh, especially attuned to the disabled, but there it was, you know. They had they had a Christmas tree, uh, which was actually a prosthetic Christmas tree. Yeah, let's I, see. I thought that, that was pretty good of them, I, I thought. I don't think do.
5: we have ever had a, well, wait, no, we had a real Christmas tree one year, right? When I threw it out the front yeah, door. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> The art, the artificial has definitely replaced
2: the real. I, I, why did you throw a Christmas tree out the front door? I just <laughs> you have never heard
1: ask. this. Galfan, you've heard the story.
0: Oh yes, yeah, but I like to hear it again.
1: <clears throat> okay, so Catherine and I decide. Well, our children are young. I think Andy was seven and Alex was five. Let's go out into the forest and cut our own Christmas tree down. And there was a ton of snow, and we're out there, and the kids were we have a little cocoa with us. So Catherine
2: does drink heavily from time to time. Yeah, apparently. Well, she married me. Oh, no, so. who
1: wouldn't? Oh, I don't know that you have to jump in. Well, know, only I can say that. Only I can say that about me. <laughs> but in any case, so we go out there, and this, this tree's perfect size, but it's snow-covered, and it looks really beautiful with the snow covering and blah, blah, blah. So we cut it down, and we strapped her to the roof of the car, got it home, Put it in a corner, let it thaw, you know, cleared all the snow off it outside, and then let it thaw out so that the the branches would drop and all the rest of it. And as we went to put it in the Christmas tree stand, we noticed there was a hard left turn halfway up the uh, trunk, Mm -hmm. and then a hard north turn after about a foot. So it would go up about three feet, take a hard left for a foot, and then go up about another three, four feet.
2: A little scoliosis. Yeah, Yeah, it's got some scoliosis.
1: So we put it in the stand... And it tipped over. And I kept adjusting the stand and it kept tipping over. Yeah, there's over. nothing you can do at that point. Okay. Boy. So we wired it to the wall. We put a cable around the tree and put it in the wall and it kept tearing the little hook out of the wall. I'm on the phone one day with Jeff Passolt and I'm talking to him and he said, here's all I heard God damn it! And then I heard this rustling. I heard you open the front door, and I heard the rustling go out the door. I just grabbed the tree finally after it had fallen down yet again another three times, threw it out the front door, eventually took it and put it behind the the detached garage, and the ornaments... Not the ornaments, but the lights are still there behind the garage. Like 20, what, 30 years later.
2: This is eerily similar to something my grandfather did when I was... I didn't remember it. I was a year and a half or two years old. Christmas tree. I'm the first grandchild. We're living with my grandparents at the time because my dad's working on his Ph.D. and he's broke. And my grandmother starts apparently grinding on my grandfather. Oh, Ward, the tree isn't safe. It's going to fall on oh, Douglas and Bobby. Oh, he had of grinding. a few. I was right? like, uh... Yeah, no no. <laughs> no, no. No, no, now, no hold day on a minute. It's <laughs> so my grandparents, for Christ's sake, you pervert. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So my Andy. grandfather had had a few, so he goes down to the basement, gets some 16-penny common nails, and nails oh. the tree to the floor, and goes, there, that'll hold the effer.
5: There yeah. you go. And that that's, tree is there to this still
0: day. there, yep.
2: Benvenue Street in Wellesley, Massachusetts.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all true. There's
0: no <laughs> so funny. This was a very uh, dangerous uh, season because you had uh, Christmas, uh, with Christmas uh, on the horizon, you had uh, people were putting up Christmas trees, and then, of course, you had uh, people of the Jewish faith who were lighting menorahs. Now, this is worse than it sounds because there were alerts, there were stories about about the very flammable trees mm-hmm. that are inflammable trees. I'm not sure. They sound like opposites, but apparently they're the same word. Okay. So right there I'm confused. Yeah, but it is true. trees were very dry this year yeah. for whatever yep. reason. And and so this posed a tremendous, I don't know how much damage was done, but this posed a, a real crisis when you had uh, people who had uh, intermarried, as we like to say. Intermarried, sure. You know, you you got a Christian, you got a Jew, so you got you got yourself a a menorah and you got yourself a Christmas tree. Now you never want the two to be very close together for obvious reasons. And if you know anything about menorahs, well, of course you do, Tom. Right? Yeah, and and the so you got you know you got you got like seven or eight candles there burning and seven or eight <laughs> <laughs> depending you well, the, the number day, you know. Mike. <laughs> well no you day got deal, the but... shamas and then you got the seven days right so mm-hmm. that's eight Still think um, it's eight anyway days. i think i think i came somewhere close to that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah there you go you know every year someone will come up to me and say hey happy new year and i'd say that's not till january 1st and they'd say, no it's rosh hashanah it's oh okay fine good um and uh, i'm I'm not devout. i'm I'm a non-believer hmm. anyway, so uh, this was very dangerous. In, in they, if you go to a if you go to any kind of store that sells uh, that sells uh, like you know holiday candles, that kind of thing, you can you can buy these multicolored candles for your manure, but they never fit, yeah, right, right. so inevitably, what happens is they fall over and light something in your house on fire. Yep,
1: it's not what you're and, looking for. And uh,
0: this year, that I'm, I'm, I don't know how many Christmas trees got lit on fire by the menorah, but in a sense, it's kind of a metaphor, isn't it?
1: In a way, in a way, it is. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. after your boy there, that did you see the uh, the guy, the nice Jewish boy that was complaining about the the wreaths on the tombstones? Mm-hmm. Did you see, see that story? No. Uh, Out east, I can't remember where I think it was in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. But but people showed up with with wreaths, and they put a wreath on every tombstone in an entire huge cemetery. And your cousin, nice Jewish boy, said that was way out of line to be putting a wreath on someone's tombstone without asking their permission. We don't Mm -hmm. need, and I quote, your Christian gang symbol. Okay. he called call the Christmas wreath a Christian gang symbol. Technically, it's a <laughs> Norse pagan
5: game, gang symbol. Yeah, so technically. Yeah. Jokes yeah, on you.
0: Well, it, it is a little insensitive, you know. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, for the same reason that it's a little insensitive when uh, the Mormons um, declare dead Jews to be born again so that they can go to heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not considered to be a favor, a nice gesture, no, I by, by the people of the
1: Jewish faith. But I have a question for you. When I croak, mm-hmm. if you want to come and put a menorah on my menorah on my tombstone, I'd be happy about that. But I'm not well, a Jew. Of I don't get it. Well, I,
0: uh, yeah, no, it's but but that's you. But then the the people who are still living in that family would probably take offense. Oh,
3: I don't. Think I mean, so. I don't know
0: that they'd get all worked up about it. But it would be something they would rather you not do.
1: How about if somebody, when I die, put a Kinky Friedman album on my tombstone?
0: Well, that's, everyone should have that.
1: Everybody should
2: have. Yeah, but only 4% Kinky of the Friedman. population would get it. That is very true. <laughs> it may be point The Texas, well, Who the hell is this?
0: <laughs> but, but you could have a little audio thing there, too, if people push a button. And next thing you know, Kiki Friedman is singing Todd, Tadonoi. Mm-hmm. What you
1: doing in here, boy? Exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite songs of all time. And by the way, when I do get buried someday, if I ever do get buried or I put in a pot or something, but if I do get buried, I do want to put a bell on the tombstone with a wire that goes down into the grave so it looks like I'm going to ring the bell if I wake up. Well, and just
5: have it uh, connected to like an automatic timer. Yeah, exactly. So it pulls itself. every like three <laughs> years it rings once.
2: I would like that. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. I don't know the answer to this. Is Kinky still with us? I hope that he uh,
1: is. He, he was last year. Yeah, he was
2: 75, I would think.
1: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah,
0: probably somewhere in there. Yeah, seventy-seven. I, he, I don't think he's running for office
1: this year, though. No, he used to run for office quite often. Yeah,
5: he's uh seventy-seven <clears throat> years old, and he's still around.
2: Have you Mike? ever got together? Oh, who's that crackpot from Maine, Vermin Supreme? Yes, Verm, oh, the Vermin the, Supreme. the boot they on his head They should run guy. together. Yeah, he's the r- okay. rubber boot on his head. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> now we're talking, Mike. Let me ask you a question. Do you think uh, it's? Just, I'm. I'm. I feel fortunate. You know, I grew up Roman Catholic, which is a form of Christianity, which most Christians don't like Catholics, which is kind of weird, but, you know.
2: That is true. Well, uh, only American Christians don't.
1: Yeah, I think it is only American Christians. But, you know, when I was a little boy, I would go, if you went west of Penn Avenue, you're going to see a lot of menorahs. So menorahs were always either – they were kind of a lead-in to Christmas because Hanukkah comes before Christmas. and I said, <clears throat> So, therefore, I always loved – the menorah, I, 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 you know, when I used to see it, and it, it's on the other side of Highway 100 now. It used to be mm-hmm. on the uh, west side, uh, but now it's on the east side of uh, of Highway 100 going south from, from Minnetonka Boulevard. But every year when they put that up, I loved it. It was like, oh, my God, see that the menorah is up.
2: Jewish kids in my yeah. neighborhood were mean because they taunt us. They
1: taunted you. We get you?
2: presents for eight days. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. It's Oh, like, I that. Yeah. Every hate Jewish you. kid
5: is like, "Oh, you get presents one
1: just day. once, just yeah. once." Yeah.
2: How unfortunate. Yeah. But
1: I, I just, you know, I, you know, the money part wasn't great. But growing up where I grew up, it, it, other than being dirt poor, I loved the fact that I got to know all these different cultures, which I didn't even know I was doing. By the way, yeah. going to school with black children and and Spanish children and Catholics and growing up around Jews and I didn't know I was learning all these different cultures, but I'm damn glad I did. I, I love that stuff.
0: Yeah, I always, uh, I always liked the uh, the colors of the menorahs and the Christmas lights, you know, partly because, of course, I was always depressed, yes, and uh, yes. so, you know, a little flash uh, mm-hmm. was, was kind of nice, and, and growing up in a family of non-believers, none of it meant anything to me spiritually. No,
1: I understand. And maybe that's so, part. Do you think that's yeah. part of it, Mike? The fact that I like them all—is it? It's really a non-spiritual thing. I think so. Just a neighborly thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, you're probably right about that. Now, you mean to tell me that you don't believe the oil burned for seven
5: or eight days or something to that effect? Uh,
0: you know, it uh, it could be a metaphor, but uh, <laughs> but I do believe I, I, I do believe in in. The Bible, I believe, fundamentally, you know, every, I just believe that every word is true. I believe that. Yeah, uh, that uh, I've read Leviticus, so I know that if you don't believe what I believe, I'm supposed to stone you to death. Yeah, Leviticus right. is, is a pretty harsh one. Yeah.
5: A
2: lot of smoting.
5: Yeah. It is, uh, Leviticus is every, every those, religion.
0: Um, every religion does have, you know, an origin story that's a fable.
5: That is true. And the
0: problem isn't that the story is a fable. The story is that there's people who believe it's not a fable. Mm-hmm. That's where you start with the trouble.
1: God, I just.
2: So I, I think I told you this, Mike, but I was in—I went to Israel for work about a month and a half ago, and we got to tour Jerusalem for five or six hours. And it's it's fascinating, and also it's like, yeah, this is where the trouble started as well. So there's a church built. Where they think Christ was crucified, yes. which was at the time outside, but is now inside the old city. Right. And so the Catholics have this really ornate kind of, it's like a chamber, right? This is where it happened, and there's all these cat. and actually there weren't that many because they just opened up the country to tourism. But people are in there praying and sobbing. You know, it's really emotional if you do believe. Five yards to the left, the Greek Orthodox have a similar thing set up. No, this is where it happened.
0: Yeah, it's like, guys,
2: it's the same area code. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. We're not doing forensic research here. This is yeah. gen, and, If you believe, this is generally where it happened.
0: Yep. But this is just another reason why I believe. If we could all accept the fact that there are there are hundreds of religions, they all start with a story that is positively, absolutely false we accept it as
1: a metaphor and we move on well that's what we yeah. do in our lives
5: well, I think every day most now. people do at this that's point right. it's very rare to meet someone who has a purely literal interpretation of the origin story of any given religion
2: you been to Kentucky lately?
5: speaking of which, <laughs> we have Joe on the phone oh
1: way to go, way to go. I know he was on phone. Joe. No, he's, he he's from St.
2: Paul though he's not a southerner
1: right, well there you that go is true. Joe what's happening? Oh, not too
4: much. Just uh, called up to let everybody know that tomorrow night at eleven fifty-five, and Sunday night at eleven fifty-five Eastern Time, Forty Years of Metallica is on Amazon Prime.
5: Forty years? That sounds about right. Three years.
1: I love Metallica. Mm-hmm. Great band. Well, so I'm barely younger you than Metallica. Hmm. No, no question about uh, it. And What is it on? It's on Amazon Prime. You said it is. All right, we'll be. And here. even if you don't have Amazon Prime, it's still free. Oh, really? Well, that's good. I'm glad, dude. It's got some great. I mean, that I still haven't watched Get Back. I heard Get Back is fantastic. I'm surprised had, you
2: haven't watched
1: that. I haven't had time. I literally have It's very time. long. It's, isn't it like six hours? Eight it's hours.
2: Eight, it's three that's, different episodes, and they're
1: about two hours long each. Yeah, yeah two and a half, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, we'll be tuning in, Joe. I Told him about Get Back several months ago. You
4: mm-hmm.
5: did, yeah, you Say did. Well, everyone's been telling you to watch it, but well, here's what I like: it's just too I difficult. keep
1: telling everybody I work 16 hours a day. When am I going to watch an eight and a half hour TV show? It's going to be you a little. You know, you
2: can probably talk. when you're not working. Yeah, yeah. Try that. I
1: mean, I'm sleeping when I'm not working. That's the problem. We can set up right. a TV <laughs> in here. You can watch yeah. TV shows. There yeah, that's go. true. I could watch shows while I'm in here. That'd mm-hmm. be a good idea. Or just
5: watch it on the air.
2: Speaking of music, yeah. did you hear uh, Bruce Springsteen cashed in?
1: Well, it's only a half a
5: billion. God, isn't that amazing? <clears throat> half a billion dollars. A half a billion dollars? Sold
2: this whole music catalog to wow. Sony, I believe, Proves this week. $500,000. Proves, once again,
1: Proves again what a great country america really is when a guy who can't sing a note can sell his music for half a billion
2: dollars you know i watched his live broadway show and and it was a little long and some of it i didn't get into but he was he was relatively surprisingly humble and he was talking about you know when the first hit records came out and he goes you know it was kind of funny because the guy that wrote this never worked in a factory. The guy that wrote racing in the streets—I didn't even know how to drive then. Right. So it was—it was kind no, of neat understandable. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like it when people talk like that. But uh, so you got—you uh, got Metallica. When's it on again T- tonight? Would you say which night? Tomorrow night, eleven Marna. fifty-five. Sunday night, eleven fifty-five. Okay. Two so different I'm, shows. So in other words, I'm going to have, have to uh, watch the replay because. Eleven fifty five, I ain't not awake. Well so wait, is it live then or what?
5: Oh. Well then how's it on at eleven fifty five two different days? Two different shows. Oh, there's like two parts.
1: No, it's two different shows. Oh. Well alright then. It all works out in the end, that's all I know. That's all I have to say. All right, Pally, we'll be tuning in. We got to take a break here, Joe. Uh, I, I assume we're going to talk to you next week before Christmas. I'm assuming. That's You better believe it. All right, Pally, thanks for the call and thanks for the heads up. I love Metallica, so I appreciate the uh, the heads up on it. We will be back with the family. Take care. You too.